primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Greg Comdeck, and you're listening to Core World News, your Holland News show providing in-depth coverage for the latest stories from every sector of the galaxy. Now for a new segment rundown for April 5th, 2023. Fistful of Beskar. 99 problems, but a bad batch. But first, this news. All right. Thank you very much, Grex. Welcome to another edition of Core World News. Uh, I am Ben. I'm joined with by uh, Grant and Adam. That was Grex you just heard. He's totally another character that we just never show for no reason. Yep. Um, yeah, that's the way it goes. Um, it's good to be here again this week. Uh, we got a little tripped up. All I got to say about that is uh, whoopsie daisy. Yeah, um, but uh, we're here now on the uh, on a Delphi station. You know, lots of yeah. We just we're hanging out in the sun for too long, but uh, we're back. We're back. Back. We're covering what matters. Yeah, and I think yeah. we're gonna do a double episode. I think um, this live stream and or podcast and slash podcast um, is going to be Mandalorian only, and then um, we're probably gonna break the stream and start a new stream, and hence a new podcast recording. Um, and cover the news and the Bad Batch because there's a bunch of news leading into Star Wars Celebration, which is happening this weekend, which would be yeah. fun. Um, so with uh, without further ado, um, Grant, you want to um, maybe let's break dive down? in. Let's let's yeah. let's catch up with our our listeners and talk about last week's episode of The Mandalorian, which was the Chapter Twenty One: The Pirate. When Navarro comes under attack by Gorian Shard and his pirates, Grief Karga requests assistance from Captain Teva and the New Republic patrols operating in the Outer Rim. After hearing Karga's plea for help via hollow message and taking in some cautionary advice about the New Republic's shortcomings from a familiar face, Teva flies to Coruscant and hopes an in-person conversation with the New Republic requisitions officer will help provide the backup needed for such a rescue operation. Frustratingly, the requisition officer seems to have his hands tied with numerous distress calls from signatory worlds, and when Amnesty Officer G-68 is invited to weigh in, she joins in condemning Navarro's independent status, and it seems assured the clearance and resources will not be granted. Out of options, Captain Teva travels to the Mandalorian hideout in the remote desert world in which they currently reside to relay Grief's message to Din Djarin and his fellow Mandalorians. After a long deliberation in the cave, the Mandalorians decide to follow Din in this mission to save Navarro in exchange for a tract of land. In an epic action sequence, the Mandalorians attack by air and ground, eliminating the pirates and saving the people of Navarro. In exchange for their heroic deeds, Grief makes good on his promise and gives the Mandalorians a massive swatch of land. All right. Yeah. Thank you very much, Grant. That was uh, that was very awesome. Um, yeah, catching people up on last week. We didn't get a chance to talk about it, um, so it is our turn. Uh, just wanted to give a quick shout out to Jason and Derek who are uh, paying attention. Our guys for show. Our guys yeah. out there in the galaxy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, repping us. But um, thanks, guys, for uh, for logging in for the live stream on midday on the, Wednesday. The Spinward Patrol yeah. is here. <laughs> Spinward Patrol. Oh, so you've been digging in on those guys too, huh? The background Mandos. <laughs> know nothing about them. Haven't seen them featured in any ancillary material, but now I'm in love. I, I think we need comics. I think we need everything. We need everything on the Spinward Patrol and uh Adolphi Station because Yeah. Wow, are they cool? And Captain yeah. Teva, again, probably one of the greatest heroes uh post Galactic Civil War. Um mm-hmm. it's, Zeb, I didn't want to bury the lead in the <laughs> in the summary, but you know, we get Zeb, he's back, and this is post-Galactic Civil War Zeb, and it's 
awesome to see. It's yeah, he looked great. Yeah, he looked, he looked really good, real good. Yeah, yeah, shockingly good. Yeah, yeah. and like, like a that, really short yeah. jump from animation and right. Oh, he looked fantastic. I, I, some people are complaining about the hands. I guess the hands changed. I was I, like, I, oh I, come on. If anything, it's just far more. Wait, realistic. he had hands. It's the same. It's the same complaint about the lighting. I'm like, have you seen a well lit cave? Do you know what that movie yeah. looks like? That's a, that's a different tone altogether. All right. Yeah. You don't want that. Yeah. No, I was, I, I never would have thought we would have gotten Zeb in anything it, just because of, of the need for animation. But man, it looked so good. Good enough that I could see him being a big part of upcoming series, you know? Yeah. yeah. If and, they can afford it, um, that yeah, would be that's amazing. The, that's was he, he was mostly CGI, right? I think oh, so. Yeah. yeah 100%. I think was, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Right. Which is, um, I mean, that's the next step. I love a good rubber suit, but, um, you know, yeah. you can really, it really makes it more lifelike. Uh, I agree. And I love that they're mixing it, I think, with everything else. Because, like, the other side of it is, you know, we'll come back to Zed, but the other side of it is is Gorian Shard, right? Which is very much a Henson Muppet, and I am all in for that. Like, I just, <laughs> yes. like, I was just watching his mouth I'm pretty move, sure and he I'm played like, keys love, in the band, right? Right? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I love the mouth the mouth movements of a Muppet and they totally have that with him. We're like, that's great. I'm yeah. glad that we have all of these things in our, in our star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Loving they're the playing swamp the, thing in the control in the, on the bridge. Incredible. Yeah, they're look. playing that up with Grogu a lot too. Like it's just, it's blatant puppet movements, but they're adorable puppet movements. Um, so I, I'm just right there for it. It's great. And then there's the puppet movement. That's just throwing the action figure across the room, which is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of Adelphi Station and and our and our New Republic, uh, you know, patrols, I, I have a feeling, and this might be kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but I I have a feeling that the season's doing a lot of the heavy lifting that the Rangers in the New Republic was supposed right. to do. Did you get that thought of like they're starting to pull in yeah. some of the plot lines they were going to do in that show here? I, right. Yeah, that's a great that's a great thought. I sort of thought that this is more still groundwork for that show like yeah they haven't given up on that show yet and so they're still continuing to lay the groundwork um or this stuff was already written and they were assuming there was going to be a show before um uh, cara dune joined special forces um and yeah i can actually use real quotes air quotes on video <laughs> um but yeah that's what i kind of thought was like yeah. hey this could still be a show i mean captain tiva can yeah. carry it you know i hope so i i like that idea right that maybe they're setting up groundwork for what if what would have been like almost season two will now be season one because they're doing like soft season one during mando season three <laughs> yeah yeah which ways yeah. the way it goes i think i do sometimes joke about the show being like a lot of traffic stops and and process stuff and then just dipping its toe in this sort of more space opera or epic epic territory now again with the dark saber sort of like man- mantle of mandalore stuff but um like I could see the Rangers of the New Republic being that sh- a very process oriented show of like policing the frontier of the Outer Rim. Like it would, it's you know, it writes itself. It it, it could be super fun if you follow Teva and whatever other Rangers they set up. Like that could yeah. have, that would be just a great show. Yeah, that would be super fun. Yeah, I'm totally into it, especially after seeing it. They also like the one thing that made me think they were definitely setting it up for a show was the music. Um, they they uh, sit sit boy stay. Um, <laughs> they. Uh, it's my loath wolf. Sorry. Yeah. It's if you only you could see this terrifying loath wolf. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a ball of fluff that weighs eight pounds. Um, 
but yes, no, I, I, the music was amazing. It's, it was like a composed song. So it was like set music, oh, like yeah. what they were listening to in the bar. Yeah. Um, and it was really good, but I, I, I thought it really like lifted the scene and made you think like, this is important. Um, what we're seeing right now. And it was, yeah. it was just, I mean, yeah. either, either you guys just freak out just seeing X-Wings. It's kind of like an apocalypse now scene or, but I guess better lit. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Brighter yeah. tone. Yeah. <laughs> and, no, uh, I yeah, it just felt like that to a degree. And totally. uh, that was interesting. Yeah. The I, music said, I think psychedelic music in the yes, captions, yeah. which was it, fascinating. I was like, Oh, it's clearly a Vietnam, Vietnam. Sort yeah. Of, vibe. Um, I guess, uh, uh, illusion or something of that nature. And, uh, that whole part just felt like really tranquil and beautiful like they set up their base on this beautiful island like it was it was so cool like i just thought the location was awesome and yeah. it was a nice tropical beach world that wasn't scarif like that, that was neat just to see other ones of those so, yeah i love that location yeah i do wonder what zeb was flying though like oh I, like I, what I, what I kind of ship is he flying and then whatever he was flying he just boards that and you know salutes yeah takes off i know i bet he's more like ground troops right because he's uh, you couldn't stuff him into an x-wing i don't he's think got, he's got a flight suit on though doesn't he yeah yeah he does yeah i've never mean, really seen him fly but i guess that yeah. never stopped him before what about a y-wing because like, he, he fit into a y-wing like you know he could even run another support and we do know the rebels had a cache of y-wings so maybe yeah. he'd grab one of those That'd yeah be fun no, I yeah, it was so it was so great to see that location. I'd love to see more of it. And I feel like the season is all about, especially next episode, which we'll talk about, which is all about these grand like flyovers. And I feel like part of it is just trying to show it's like with competing against Andor of like, look, we have giant locations too, right? It's like Star Wars biomes season yeah. two. Get ready. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, please. I can't please. wait. I just need a Delphi station and just like just that shot of the island for like, I don't know, 45 minutes. X <laughs> flying by. That'd be great. That would um, be great. So we got to go to Coruscant, guys. We yeah, gotta, let's this, do it. This upsetting scene. Mm-hmm. Also, hilarious scene uh yes yeah teva goes to coruscant to the the office of requisitions and talks to uh an officer played by tim meadows brilliantly casted i think yes i haven't uh, seen tim meadows is... in forever yeah, yeah. no it, it took yeah. me a while i was like oh, that's right tim meadows i forgot about tim meadows but oh, he man. always has his hands tied or he's like this he's always this <laughs> character that's highly confusing in a lot of this the, the skits on snl and like it was just the perfect character to put as this sort of like icon of this bloated bureaucracy this guy who's just like at the top yeah. but can't really decide on anything it's yeah. analysis paralysis no, it's so great uh, colonel tuttle <laughs> yeah doing his best Perfect. and yeah, yeah. overwhelmed well, um, and yeah, i love that he only it. had like he was playing it very straight but there's one moment where he's just like "Ooh, that's not good like that delivery <laughs> line was like that made me chuckle it was just such a great such a great delivery of that line <laughs> put a little bit of spin on it yeah, he's great. Um, and then uh, we see, oh, what is her name? Um, the our um, mean spirited. I think Kane is Kane. Her, her name. Of course, yeah. it's Kane. Um, yeah, Erica Kane, Eli- Elia Kane, Elia Kane, aka G sixty eight. Yeah, 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 and she's there. Uh, Pushing to really not have the uh, Republic intervene out in Navarro. Um, what say you to that? Was why is she in this to these officers? I had no understanding for why amnesty officers were allowed to basically weigh in on uh, a decision that's about New Republic defense. I had like I was like, is this really a good idea? Because you know this was someone on the other side. 
it just felt out of place to me at the same time. I love the scene. I love the dynamic. I love that she's following rules. It's all rule driven with her where it's like, uh, you know, they're not a signatory world. And we have many of those worlds who have the exact same distress call that we're not answering because we're, we're already, you know, at our limit with, uh, resources and things like right, that. Which so. makes sense. And she's trying to like, well, let's incentivize worlds to join by, right. you know, not helping the ones that don't join. Yeah which is a little bit, you know, mean spirited. And actually it was a great line where he's like, it's a very Imperial way of thinking. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a great, it was a great exchange there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm just still curious about her motivations. Uh, Grant, right. I do think she might've gotten, she might've gotten a promotion after capturing, uh, uh, Pershing. Yeah. Dr. Well, I Pershing. wonder why they, they hang on the, the pendant or the metal. That's like the, the red and the, what is it? Black and white. It's just sort of like, yeah. It's a signifier yeah. that, you're imperial. Like they didn't take yeah. that off and give her a formal New Republic ranking, which I was just like, oh, like you, you'd think people in that room would be in New Republic, mm-hmm. sort of like of New Republic. Rank. Yeah, you would I think, think it's a scarlet uh, letter. It is. I mean, yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, I mean that's what it is. But it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be Adam's uh, weekly uh, Star Trek did it first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this happens weekly here. If you're upset, yeah. In, in the series Voyager, they took that begins with them taking on. Uh, members of the Marquis, Marquis, which are these like rebel forces, and they all get stranded in the Delta Quadrant. And the first season is all about them integrating the two crew members. And the Marquis, Marquis always have a separate signifier on their on their patch mm-hmm. for a while, which they is a big long discussion of like, do we take those off or not? Does that allow us to come together? Or is it to divide us? So I had that same thought when I was watching. I'm like, it's, I don't, I don't know if that's good pr- practice. Like have, making people wear a symbol, identifying them, you know, as different, as different. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, I think her main goal is just to not have the Republic, New Republic out in the outer rim. I think that was the major overarching goal is just the less eyes out there, the better for whatever Thrawn, maybe Thrawn, Thrawn is doing out there. Uh, I'm feeling like less and less that we're going to get Thrawn this season, even though it seems like, you know, they may need it just logistically to get him in there. But I kind of hope there's a Thrawn I, revealed. But it's I mean, I think that we're gearing towards another battle towards Mo- with Moff Gideon. I, I think I think there's another shoe to drop with the Pershing storyline. And I think that yeah. might be related to the final cameo of the season. And yeah. I'll just I'm yeah. either it's I think Gideon's obviously there, but I think you have Thrawn and Gideon. I think what's fun about Giancarlo Esposito is he's such a intelligent, cunning villain that you almost want yeah. another highly cunning character right next to him so they can the duel a little bit. Like I it's great for Thrawn too. Like, who's Thrawn going to bounce off of if not Gideon? Right. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. I have to think. Thrawn's he needs in the- commanders that are that are in on this, right? That are yeah. that, that believe in it. And yeah, I just I, I I'd be surprised if we get through the entire season without a Thrawn reveal, even if it might be after credit, end of episode, you know, eight. It, it, but we'll see. And the formations of the ties on um, Concordia and yeah, like yeah, just how those tight tie formations the the framed like the mandalorian beskar in the uh the lambda shuttle like that's like thrawn thinking about framing mandalorian like this is all yeah. just so, like for me yeah. these are all sort of telltale signs uh, of thrawn is but, uh yeah working that jason in, in jason's on your side he doesn't think we're gonna get thrawn until until ahsoka <laughs> Okay. 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 All right. Yeah. All right. I mean, I kind of hope I'm wrong here because I think it would be fun. Well, I'm talking and about like, 
in the Those shadows, red eyes illuminate. I'm not talking yeah. about like yeah. One is We're like, not gonna get like a full scene. Give them like a monologue. I'm talking about like these. It, yeah. it's gonna start. We're gonna get the first breadcrumb at the end of this season. That's all I'll say. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I remember end of what Bando season two. We get the Boba Fett. Yeah, little, I thought that was. Thing I thought is... it was Boba Fett in the beginning of this episode because I walked out of the room and came back in. Oh, funny. and I heard a ship and like the roaring engine of a ship. And I was like, is this just like, the, is this just Boba's ship just like flying around the galaxy right now? And then it was a, what was a Mon Cala cruiser? What was the ship test? Oh, I guess we're talking about the episode we'll cover after this. Yeah. 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 We'll yeah. get there. Um, what else? Just general thought this, this episode, and we'll talk about this again in the next episode. These episodes are starting to feel more and more like episodes of clone wars and rebels to me. Yeah. And I, I don't necessarily mean that as a critique, but just as an observation, and I don't know what it is about them. It, I think it's kind of the standalone nature a little bit in the adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever, but it's interesting. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's sort of like they, they hedge their bets a little bit. There's like they spend maybe 15% of the episode pushing the story along. And then there's like this encapsulated mm-hmm. uh, adventure yeah. story in the like vignette yeah. in the middle of it that does kind of serve the thing, but it's like. Everywhere they go, someone's giving them a new job. It's also highly tropey. Like animation relies on tropes heavily. And like yeah. this show also does that. And so that's like we kind of like every time we go somewhere, you know, a new location. Yeah. We there are immediate we, we immediately understand what this location means because they're actually operating on old tropes yeah. and you know and television yeah. or whatever. Do we do we want to watch do you want to talk about tropes that didn't work for me? Yeah, let's you know, I get negative just <laughs> yeah, for a second. And I and I would say I, I, I actually really, really, really like this episode. So it was just one thing sure. that kind of threw me is when um, is when Bo-Katan was like giving her speech to the Mandos to get them like ready to go. And we're like, what do what, what we what are we doing here? And then when she, I think the line I, I should have written it down, but I just the, the line both times I watched this through me was just like something like, oh, you you were hiding in the caves and now you're going to yes. fight. I'm like, okay, yeah. like, uh, like it just felt so, it felt so cliche for some reason, that <laughs> rousing speech. I'm like, we just had a rousing speech. Everyone's roused. Let's go. Let's, Let's do go. it. Yeah. yeah. It was like, it was the show needed three rousing speeches just to get the yeah. Mandalorians to move somewhere. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, there's no one with enough charisma just to like rally everyone. We have to just hear about Paz's son <laughs> and how right. no one was willing to save him. Yeah. And that's what does it. I was like, oh god. The- I don't know. I I, I love that. I, I thought that was the best speech of the show was uh Paz Vizla. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it was, good it was a good yeah, it was yeah. fun. Uh it was it just was a good uh, it, was, yeah. it, it wasn't like I don't know, with the helmets on, it's fascinating. It's a it's an interesting experience experiment given like everyone has a helmet on. Like you can't see any gesture. <laughs> yeah. Emotion. Any- there's no yeah. expression. Yeah, it's just I don't know. So it was interesting. Uh, it didn't fully work, but it was great. Like I loved it. I don't know. It was. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It 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 definitely with the helmets on. It's a lot of. Uh, it's it's reliant on the score. <laughs> oh, yeah. love like, the bandos yeah. chattering in the and the walla too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's like such hard walla. They're like no one's saying anything. You can't I think hear that's a single the part word. That, like. It's just, yeah. just uh, is a little incredulous. Incredulous. It's like it's like the the Mandos are just like everyday Mandos. Like they're just like yeah yeah okay yeah oh guess that's, they're just followers. Like yeah. Yeah. yeah, there are no other strong spirited warriors in that group. It's just it, it that that's weird to me because everyone every Mando to me feels like this great warrior and this warrior code and it's like 
it, it, Mandalorian extras is just a little weird to me. Like it's all. Yeah, I kind of want one in the background of the room. Their helmet and just be like, "I'm Bill. Who are yeah. you?" Like, it, 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 <laughs> that's almost very, what it seems like back in there. Yeah, you know? I know. I've had that same thought. Right? <laughs> where I'm like the background ones are kind of just background just whatever. Is a little weird to me. I don't know. Like, yeah, every yeah. one of them should be like an important samurai or something. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. So you remember, I think uh, it was several podcasts ago, but I was like sort of expressing my not impressedness mm-hmm. with their outfits. <laughs> that is that is changing. That's changing okay. rapidly. And then I, I sent it to you guys. I don't know if you saw it, but someone on Reddit has now gone like through every mention of the background Mandos and it has like deciphered that there's like four sects. There's like the, you know, Paz Vizla's like people. And then there's this other group and he thinks this group is a cover. Like, couple based on like what they do their the odd job they perform so there's like themes they're becoming mm. real characters do they have sigils yeah. do the other mandos have sigils because like i'm not recognizing any like silhouettes or like logos on so there. clan Vizla does have they have the old death watch sigil um yeah. on their left pauldron um so it's like it looks like four oh that's right or something yeah, yeah um and uh so those are there so he's got like his group and then there's like a couple others there's one guy in orange uh, named judge or he was the judge of that fight between grogu and um ragnar oh, nice nice um, i love when those characters get canonized it's like yeah remember the judge who like yeah the <laughs> yeah like, yeah din Djarin just calls canonized. him judge but he's like the judge. he's canonized as the judge yeah and then darts um, he was like he thought darts being fired at a baby was a completely okay thing Yep. Yeah. I don't know about Judge yeah. now. No, It'll be fine. It. Second thought, maybe not a great guy. <laughs> Even better if he's not a great guy, honestly. He's like, darts, baby, go. Go. Like, <laughs> Shoot that baby with darts. Like, let's use a couple, let's take a couple more seconds to think about this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So anyway, I'm saying they're growing in my heart, growing space yeah. in my heart, especially after this episode, um, when we finally get the assault on Navarro. Um, there's one with like a blue helmet with uh, like sort of this black like tassel things off her their waist. I forget what they're called, Obi or something. And then um, yeah, and uh, they, there's a lot of great action sequences in here with the uh, the Mandalorians, and um, they're doing pretty good stuff. We got a solid armorer in battle. Um, yeah, we did. Scene <laughs> oh, yeah. two. Yeah. I also love that she has an introductory shot now. Whenever she's in, in battle, they do the same shot of her, like yeah. from behind, the hammer. With the lowering hammer. the hammer. Yeah. yeah, but I, you know, I agree. It was really, it was really good to see Mandos being Mandos again in this in this episode, and and like that's when, like, like when they started in battle, I'm like, oh yeah, they're an elite fighting force. They're yeah. taking out pirates. Like I'm like, if I sat there and was watching the first time, I'm like. If the pirates kill even one of the Mandos in this in this episode, I'm kind of out on the Mandos because I'm like they're pirates and and they didn't right they got through, I think I don't think we lost anyone. Some people kind of got knocked around a little bit, but they all made it out. Yeah, and I so think that's Bo's leadership yeah. though too because Bo yeah. is like we're gonna be in tight military formations like yeah. This is going to be a highly tactical sort of operation, and you see like the drop ship, drop them. Like that shot was insane. Like the the dropping down to the streets, fighting mm-hmm. on the streets, pause with his like light machine gun or whatever that is. The giant. There's nothing light about rifle. that machine gun. Things should be like mounted on a like. <laughs> yeah. I know. Every time I start thinking about how that thing works, it starts breaking my brain. Yeah. I just try to. I'm just like, nope. Just stop it. Just enjoy. Yeah. something yeah. like Baze malbus from the um right from rogue one and the uh, guardians of the wills he had, he was like i'll just use a tank weapon it's it's precedented yeah 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 that, yeah i loved all that stuff 
I think you see the um, Kowaki and monkey lizards in the tree. They like yes. point out the pilot yeah, ambush. And, they're like, yeah. and the Mandos like use their environment. You can see the Mandos are more cunning in terms of using the environment than mm-hmm. their uh, opposition because they're like they're like listening to the the Kowaki and lizards. Like it, it's just cool. Like they just it was neat to see them operate. I think the show needed that too, being called the Mandalorian. I think we eventually needed to see sort of like, what does like a team of Mandalorians look like? Like yeah. how does a war band operate? Like, I can't wait to see that. Which is why I think like the plan went exactly according to the plan, which doesn't happen very often. You know, right. they laid it out and they did everything they said they were going to do and no one died and they won. And it was like, yeah. it just routed the pirates, destroyed the ship. It's over. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right. Yeah. No, I know. I kept yeah. waiting for the turn, right? To yeah. wait for something. And it was like, you got a little bit with the with the heavy blaster weapon, but then apparently that was the plan because the <laughs> yeah, armorer was right there. Yeah. The Trandoshan had awful aim. I was like, I was yes. watching and I was like, oh no. Like, <laughs> I mean, went, especially for, like, for like, shot a, like a pillar and then yeah. like a sandbag. And I was like, you're not like the manos are, you know, 20 yards away. Yeah. <laughs> awful vision for something that has giant eyes and doesn't blink and okay. really bad right. hearing and really bad hearing because doesn't hear anyone coming up behind him he's kind of right, like why, would you, put Tyson, that, why would you put that guy on the on the uh on the guns like worst one <laughs> to put on the gun they're pirates they're so drunk right now they're so drunk oh good point they are hammered we, yeah. we did watch them getting drunk yeah quite a bit before that all right there we go right. um yeah vane was vane was back in this yeah. episode too as well as gorian uh, so uh, little Ugnot yeah. too, the little Ugnot character. Ugnot. like the, yeah. the system. Um, so yeah, we can talk about Gordian Chart for a second. There was a lot of rumors online that he was going to be the big bad in, in Skeleton Crew. <laughs> Whoopsie Daisy. Not, not so much. Maybe not. not. Yeah, yeah, not if it happens after nine years ABY. Yeah, probably not. They're but pretty lucky that Cumulus class for forget forget didn't land on the city. I had the same thought when they're doing this. I'm like, guys, yeah. careful. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shooting off all, shooting out all the engines directly above a populated area, like maybe not. <laughs> yes. I know that ship skeleton movie. Yeah, yeah, that ship skeleton is gonna look so cool in ruins in the hills, though. It's gonna oh, look yeah. awesome. That's definitely an episode in season four. Oh yeah. So yeah. so Vane though, hightails it. So that's yeah. not that's not for nothing, right? Like there's no reason to do that unless that character's coming back. I actually love someone. that character. I think that character. Me too. Incredible. Yeah. I think it's one of the better characters they've added in terms of enemies. Um, he's he seems seriously devious. He seems like he he just his morals have no you know bottom. Like it's it's it, it's going to be bad. Whatever he does next is going to be terrible. And it's yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. So yeah, right on, right on. Uh, agreed. Uh, to me, the most nerve wracking moment in the entire episode is watching Paz Vizsla walk downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't look like he does a lot of uh no. ab workouts there not, oh, not a lot of just, hip workouts it's just like and it's just like i saw a comedy routine about being over 40 being under 40 about getting up on chairs and how that how you know someone's <laughs> over or under and i was just watching that going oh careful, careful 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 and then, and then you have bo katan just like boop, 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 right behind him just like yeah <laughs> jauntily walking down the stairs yeah yeah bo katan shout out to bo katan i think i mm-hmm. think she's just rising is one of the coolest characters in this series so i can't wait to see more yeah i mean she is the mandalorian of this season yeah she's the mandalorian as far as given the ne- this week's episode given what we watched today i mean well we yeah transparency we 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 basically watched the new episode today we're about to pot about it in a couple minutes here but um 
yeah, she, it's it's all about Bo. Bo yeah. really is central to this story. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, both of these episodes. So in the the episode we're talking about now, twenty one, um, you know, she all of a sudden the armor believes her about the the mythosaur. Like it like took her a while yeah. to come to grips with it. Yeah. Um, you know, she's got the mythosaur pauldron, obviously, and then the armor does an interesting thing where she's like, she taps Bo to recruit more Mandalorians and says, "This is yeah. you yeah. know you." you straddle both worlds um yeah which is sort of like i didn't really understand but it, it actually gives it a little clarity it's like the you know the children of the watch are a tribe that have a set of beliefs but there's other mandalorians with different sets of beliefs <laughs> wait what so adam is holding up here of a hero of two face. worlds yeah straddles two worlds it's yeah. all it's all it's okay. all this is so campbellian what they're doing with Bo katan and i wanted to pull up i gotta find the the circle so we can, we can keep talking because i'm like she was just given her her quest, yeah. right? Like she's leaving on her quest. Like it is. Yeah. She's oh, out through the wild. trials, she's now the master of two worlds. I feel like through the trials with Din, the rebirth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as well as living as a you know uh, a Mandalorian outside the Creed for many years after losing the dark saber and and all of that stuff is all a hero's journey as well. The sort of um, just losing the losing the, the the world that you knew like being the leader of the mandalorians that all taken from you and now she's coming back to it which is really cool um that's yeah it's gonna be fun to see what, and obviously without spoiling what happens next in the in the episode today it's 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 clear that she is the mandalorian of this season like yeah it's clear yeah i mean it's it's why it's a great title for a show, yeah. right? It's yep. not it's not the Jinjarin Adventures or or you know it's it's yeah. the Mandalorian and it can yeah. follow a different Mandalorian or Mandalorians every season. Though I have to say, especially like we're up to this point, we're just still in episode twenty one right here. Yeah, Din. I feel like Din does everything and Bo gets most of the credit, <laughs> or Din, Din does most of the things to achieve whatever, like the heroic stuff, and and then Bo seems to then be like. Bo, you did it, you know? Bo just never had a good number two. That's, yeah. all, that's how I see it. Yeah, like, she, yeah, it, it is it's her plan. A solid number two. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just... her plan both in both the things that she's done, right? Which is rescue the child. Right. Right, rescue. and But, but like, in both those cases, Din Djarin is the one who kind of finishes it. But I think that, isn't that who you want as the leader? The person who can develop the plan? Yes, and, and he's just a great number. You know, see, I would be surprised if a, there's a romance angle to come. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> you're shipping. Um, oh, I'm shipping. Have you met a Star Wars fan today? Yeah. yeah. Have there you was... spoken to a Star Wars fan today? <laughs> I have not. Just like uh, just Except passing. You. Have you in passing? <laughs> no, I, I like radio silence. Star Wars. I think they'd like a romance I, sooner yeah. than in the story there was something in the minds of mandalore uh where she looked like she was feeling some kind of way about din uh there's some, something about her authenticity and her reverence towards her past father that was like that was when you she was like yeah. this guy can hang well, and then yeah. there was the episode i think it was the same episode but when they were flying like next to each other mm -hmm. like, yeah. there were serious there's there were some yeah some vibes for sure right on well, you know, we're obviously the gods of romance here. So, um, we, <laughs> um, I wouldn't go that far, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Continue. you've come to the right place. If you want to learn about romance right here. Yep. Between these That's three. it. Um, we read the comics. 
And we read the High Republic books. There's lots in there. there That's is. true, especially in the High Republic, man. There is. Yeah. If you're lucky, we'll do a Pillar of Star Wars romance edition. Um, yeah. yeah, shall we um, jaunt on to episode 22, Hired Guns? Let's do it. Uh, let's do it. Ben, right. I think you got, the, you got the summary? Yes, and so for Jason, this is your spoiler wall. And for anyone else who hasn't watched this episode yep. that just came out mere hours ago, um, it's going on right now. So here's the Morlana drop. And this is episode 22, Hired Guns. We start this episode with West Side Story in space as fugitive forbidden lovers free, uh, flee Moncala. They are swiftly recaptured by Axe Woves aboard a stolen Imperial cruiser and we establish what the remains of Bo-Katan's fleet and tribe have been up to. We then jump to Bo, Din, and Grogu on the way to Axe Woves' base on Plan Zero 15, where they are rerouted to the heart of the city by automated droid systems. Our team is brought to the two leaders of the Outer Rim, uh, of this Outer Rim's last democratic utopia, in the form of Lizzo and Jack Black. The Duchess and <laughs> Chancellor uh, take the Mandalorians, uh, task the Mandalorians with solving the case of the malfunctioning droids. Bone Din are on the case that leads them through the Droid Control Center and Security Bureau, the Ugnaught Workroom, a droid-run uh, dock system, a droid bar, and a lab, and then ultimately back to the Security Control Center and the culprit, culprit Christopher Lloyd, a.k.a. Commissioner Hellgate, uh, who is uh, he's then uh, brought to justice. The Mandalorians are gifted a key to the city, a knighthood for Grogu, and access to Axwo's covert. Bow and Axe uh, battle for leadership of the vast Mandalorian army. Bow wins, but is not named leader until Din relinquishes the Darksaber to Bow as the rightful owner due to Bow saving Din on Mandalore. Nice. Nice. Well done. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a lot. It was a lot, and it wasn't a fraction of what it was because there was so <laughs> just skipped through 45 minutes of action and like and lore drops and cameos and like, holy cow, this was a yeah. fun episode. <laughs> so much yeah it was it was really fun i had i had a journey with this episode man um i went from like um all right, yeah all right cool this is fun and then i'm like whoa where are we oh wait jack black and lizzo and then i'm like you know what this is wonderful this is i'm all in i'm like we're just gonna do a law and order in a completely different direction there adam no no right no it was it, it just threw me and then by the end of the episode i'm like best episode ever no um <laughs> But I, I really loved it. And then, I mean, hey, just to do, I think part of it is they they will play with genre. And suddenly we have an episode of Law and Order in space, right? <laughs> and I'm like, all right, cool. Why not? Yeah. Law I think the order. commentary, the political commentary was fascinating in this episode. Uh, it was interesting. Um, and and the the rever uh, Hellgate's reverence for Dooku, Dooku like Dooku that to me up. just blew my mind. I was like, oh, we have a separate, like we rarely get stories about those people who have like the, the, the diehard separatists who are like, who basically I think are like truthers who think that they like <laughs> have always known the empire was bad. And when it rose up, they always, they always knew it was going to rise up and they like, they had all their like weird conspiracy theories validated. And so yeah. they're probably have this and, fixed viewpoint like they're so driven towards that the the separatist goals of yeah. Duke, things like that like that was fascinating i was like we haven't seen a character like that no super interesting and the idea of like you know we talk about how many people know that you know leia is darth vader's daughter they talk right. about that in in like was it bloodlines i think it Isn't comes out right now basically i think yeah. it's pretty much yeah. like right, right now, now. 
Yeah. Oh, that would be and a great side piece of that like, would be. information. Yeah. Just through the news, like everyone hearing it, like it's just a moment in the bar where everyone like kind of hears the news breaking. But like, and and the thing is like, everyone knows Emperor Palpatine's a Sith or do they, you know, all this stuff. But like, who knew that Dooku was a Sith? Like it just never, it probably never would have come no. out. Yeah. Right. Because of the order of things, because by the time it happened, by the time I found out, Order 66 happened and then no one was going to come forward with that news. So like everyone just thinks Dooku was this political animal, right? It's almost like his sovereign title of count outweighed like, you know, alignment to Sith or Jedi or any of that. So yeah. he was just seen as this, you know, wealthy aristocrat from Serena or something and, and, and a politician and not like you're saying, Adam, and not really a Jedi or a Sith, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. And it just occurred to me how key it was that Anakin killed him. Because <laughs> very key, very, very key, right? Because so Christopher, or uh, sorry, Commissioner Hellgate, um, no, no, Christopher Lloyd, yeah, key to key to Palpatine, yeah, 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 yeah to Palpatine, <laughs> right? Because he was like, he was like the Jedi cut him down in his prime, and then you know, and then gets shot with a dart, which I thought was actually a nice parallel. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, they do use those darts actually, um, but. Uh, and but you never would have been able to blame the Jedi if Anakin didn't do that. You know, as far as everyone knows, he was this virtuous person. And then, you know, but then Palpatine yeah. whispering his ear, he's too dangerous to be kept alive. It's like, what? Right. He's an old man. I mean, I guess we're yeah. forced, but like, holy cow. Yeah. Um, now, anyways, Christopher yeah. Lloyd was great. Christopher Lloyd going over the footage of the malfunctioning droids is like one of the <laughs> yes. greatest Star Wars moments yes. of all time. I was like, this is another perfectly casted character, just like Tim Meadows, like... Him talking about each droid and how they malfunction it was like perfect. I was like, that's yeah. that's what you get Christopher Lloyd for is to talk yeah. about weird, yeah. wacky tech and science stuff going haywire. That's like why you get right. him. Yeah, it's like it, you <laughs> yes. can do it where it doesn't feel like too referential to Back to the Future, right? But it totally makes sense that that's that character. And I just uh, they're in love with that with the um, with the butcher droid. Oh, yes, once again, yes. makes another. Wait, what happens in that footage? Do those yeah. people get cut? Yeah, that- oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Bad, yeah. bad things happen. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what I thought you were talking because like Christopher Lloyd's face in that is like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we are, we're really. I mean, we're bearing the lead by not talking about Lizzo and Jack Black. Yes, yeah, they're huge characters, and when they appear, you almost forget you're in Star Wars. Like, oh, I, so I did. They're I so well did. known that like yeah. you're just like. Oh, it's Lizzo and Jack Black. Yeah, you're, you're, you're kind I, of taken out for a second, but then when you just you understand that casting as well because they're the the leaders of this weird direct democracy, and they're yeah, everything's all good and like good vibes. And good I was vibes. just like, no one works. It's just like art and like, Rogu yeah. loves Lizzo. That yes. was hilarious. That was so great. That was such a great moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I, Ben. Did you just get? Did you just stand up when that happened? Oh, absolutely. Because it's like again, there's like no difference between Grogu's like facial expressions and my dogs. Yeah, yeah. like my dog has the same ears and does the same thing with them. So I like I get it when she's like cradling him and like petting his head and his eyes like get squinty. I'm like, yeah, that's that's what happens. Yeah, uh, yeah that was the most Audrey moment. I feel like. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Um, so yeah, so I totally I thought that was I mean so adorable and just so funny yeah. and just like Grogu's just making friends throughout the galaxy, being like living yeah. his best life. It's like he's still able to be a child. He's not being dragged through these bloodbath battles. He's not put in any real danger. I mean, even though you don't want to leave your kid with some strange people, but you know, it's Lizzo. Sure. It's Lizzo. Yeah. All right. It's fine. What is Jack Black's like Prince Bombadour or something? Bombard. Uh, 
Yeah, bombardier. I think or something. I, I might not leave. I might not leave Grogu. With oh him. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is like a very empire name. It's like they don't hire you unless like you have some sort of piece of artillery in your name yeah. or something or something wicked. I mean, yeah. how could how could uh, how could the guy named Hellgate possibly be yeah. uh, a bad guy? <laughs> they usually didn't release his name till like after you know it's him. They're like it's Commissioner yes. Hellgate, and you're like, wait a second. <laughs> of course, it was Commissioner Hellgate. Hellgate. Yeah. yeah. Why didn't we just start and stop there? Um, I no, I and and the thing about it is like if if you were gonna tell me that like the the two like Jack Black and Liz's characters were gonna be pivotal roles in Mando going forward, I might be a little like, wait, what are we doing now? But like for the tone of the episode, I think they fit completely, yeah. and it, it that's what really threw me. And it's it's not even anything against the two of them because I I love them both, but it's it's just anytime I get I see a character, it's, it was like my Woody Harrelson issue with um. For, for a long time with um with solo like yeah. i'm like he's too well known and i got over that because that character's great and it's just one of those things it takes me a while to come back to be like okay it's it's okay that you know the actor adam it's fine it's that's allowed <laughs> people actors are allowed to be known outside of the one thing yeah i love when adam's inner voice comes on the pod yes man. yeah <laughs> it's my favorite moment yeah it's a very soothing um, voice yeah, um, like, this so, cape, I think, wins yeah, so for this drip. Yeah, honestly, oh that yeah, cape was like a floating CG cape. I was like, this is. I don't know. I think <laughs> Jack Black's facial hair and hair went for best yeah, drip. Yeah. Oh yeah, like <laughs> Lizzo's hologram, thing. like yeah. back yeah. flower or whatever. That was dope. Was I thought cool. I yeah. thought they looked fantastic. It, it is a tough look, like compositing them with like a white yeah. skyline like i was like i was like it's just jack black's hair like you have to get in every little crevice of the hair to make the, the, the maybe it's volume yeah. at that point it's tough that there was before. a million rubber masks at that table too it was you know they're doing their best but i think at yeah. this point it's like yeah it's star wars um i'm just gonna do a little greatest hits off the top of my head of the um species that were around that table yeah because we saw solistons for the first time um nine That's nubs right. uh mm -hmm. species yes. there um, we saw Ishtib, which are the ones with the the stocky eyes and the, beak mm -hmm. and the yeah, weird yeah. beak. Um, Love an Ishtib. Yeah, we got Rodians, of course. Um, I didn't see any Twi'leks, but they might have been there as well. I had assumed they were. They yeah. always are. I assume there were. Yeah, were there Moncala? And um, yeah, I mean, I guess we we had Quarren. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, well, maybe, in the beginning of the episode, those, those are the ones that yeah. stick out in my mind right now. But there was the, the, like. It was a roll call. They they emptied the mask closet for that dinner, um, which is like this is a democracy and everyone's invited and we believe in you know whatever. It like, did feel like the architecture. It did kind of feel like the Venus Project or this super utopian sort yeah. of like white futurist architecture. Yeah, um, loved that stuff. Loved the little, yeah. like little term the 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 tram that they take to the yeah. harbor. Yeah. Well, they the, they called it. Well, a I guess before they go to the harbor. We get to go to the sub levels, guys, and we get to go to the Ugnots. Oh, mm -hmm. It is known. <laughs> yeah, I have spoken. I have spoken. I have yeah, spoken. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, that scene was awesome. I love. I, kind of far fetched that they like know who Queel is, but I don't. It's it's what I forget. I was like, I guess they know each other. I guess he was of great note to. It, it also could be that that they just recognized the way Jinjarin was speaking to them that he was right. familiar with with so it might even not be like I don't know who Quill is but that is a con that could be it sounds That's like right. a sounds like a name and he's speaking us in, to us the way that we should be spoken to but um yeah no I, I agree the other thing I, just before I forget just so we talk about it is like this is uh this is another Bryce Dallas Howard 
episode. Oh, that's right. Bryce and, yeah. Peter Ramsey did the episode beforehand. Yeah. Shout out to yeah, both directors. For so. sure. Both great. But like Bryce Dallas Howard, I think is like slowly just over the past three seasons become like the standout director of, of Mandalorian. Like, like I, yeah. I'm really like if they, if they end up doing a either like, I, I wonder if it's gonna be like culminate in a, in a movie. I probably, a yeah. Disney, probably a Disney plus movie, but if they do, or if it's in the theaters, give it to her, give it to her to direct. Yeah. She knows how to direct these giant action scenes, these giant set pieces, these, the episodes she does, just look brilliant. And they're also totally very different from each other. Yeah. Yeah, she's done yeah. a lot of different vibes for Star Wars. Right, she did like my favorite Mandalorian episode of all time, which was in uh, Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Um, which happens to be a Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. happens to be there. But um, yeah, she's great. And I mean, Rick Famuyiwa is uh, also, he's um, executive producing the whole season and obviously yep. running. He's, yeah. he's another one. I, I would totally agree with you on Bryce Dallas Howard, but uh, Rick Famuyiwa, I would give him a, fee- I would give him a trilogy tomorrow. Oh, I'd oh, be totally. so happy if they gave him that. He's still my so favorite good. episode of Amanda. Yeah. Yeah, same episode two yeah i'm wondering with bryce dallas howard that like i remember our coverage of the the episode she did in the first season we were like it's a little bit of a retread of seven samurai it's it's you know here comes to defend village from you know um attackers and it's like from then on all of her episodes have had more of a message and more of something to say yeah and like yeah I, I almost feel like now when she does an episode she's like i'm there we're gonna say something here and yeah the episode she did in Book of Boba Fett, which is amazing, basically the whole dark saber, all the speech, all the Mando lore, all that stuff. It's that was that was awesome. Like that was a cool new location. Like everything felt fresh, and every and this new lore was being spun. And now in this episode, this political commentary is amazing, and just the process stuff, and just how the society works. It, it's so much going on in this episode as well that like it, she's just evolved in the sort of the landscape of Star Wars storytelling. It's been fun to watch that evolution because. First episode, semi-basic. Now it's just getting yeah. into really, really fun and neat ideas. And I yeah. think she's going to interesting places, and she should do a movie. I definitely agree with Adam in terms of, like, let's get Bryce Dallas Howard on a movie. I think she, when she makes a Star Wars, she wants to say something. I think that's what you need yeah. at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and her with a full, like, you know, $200 million budget or whatever would be, like, yeah. you know, she could do a lot of good. Um and we know she can handle the scale and all that. Yeah, I mean that first episode she was given the the like Seven Samurai one was like I think it was a tough one. They might have given it to her because they wanted a heavyweight to like to deal with like to tell right. That it's like story. if we're gonna do an homage to the greatest yeah. films ever made, yeah. let's get yeah. you know a great yeah. and you know the daughter of a great yeah. and make this yeah. right. You know, yeah. I definitely need to go back and rewatch it. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't hate in the future them like going to a foreign country to like someone who makes samurai films full time now. Um, I mean, obviously, there's a million Kurosawa disciples everywhere around the globe, but like actually just like go to like someone who's in that genre, like specifically and be like, dude, do a samurai film right now, like in one episode, you know, I think after the success of Mando, I think Wayward Samurai, like a serialized Wayward Samurai type thing might find more success. And I think that's what Ahsoka essentially is going to be, but We'll, we'll see what, what happens. Yeah, we know Filoni was studying Kurosawa almost exclusively um, in preparation for Ahsoka. Um, just yeah. from one of the mm-hmm. director's cuts behind the scene vids they did. Um, yeah, and I mean, and we'll talk about it or we will have talked about it, I, depending on how you listen to these episodes on podcast form. Um, but like, I feel like they are starting to silo types of directors into shows now that they have multiple shows. Mm-hmm. So I would be surprised, like you're saying, right, with Ahsoka, if they start kind of... Um, 
getting more people involved in, in from you know samurai films and that or something that you wanted ben like i think that'd be really interesting mm -hmm. yeah i'd love to get a multicultural point of view and just like and and some specialists in there like you could really stylize a mandalorian episode towards a samurai film and i think it would be you know it, yeah. i don't know do subtle things that are calling cards of different genres yeah and i'd argue the volume looks pretty the volume looks great in in these combat or battle scenes yeah. like mm -hmm. in just one-on-one -on -one sword fighting could look great in the volume because we wouldn't focus on it at all and we'd really just think about the swordsman in front of us and i think it's a yeah. it'd be smart use of the volume yeah. i i i agree i just as my my weekly volume uh count moment where i just saw them they were i think they were running away from the the malfunctioning droids at some point and they're mm -hmm. running, and I'm like, "Well, they got to cut." So, oh, there they cut because like, yeah, they're going to the end of the, they're gonna, yeah. they're gonna hit the wall. Chases, yeah, chases and then they cut. Like, it's just, like yeah. you could almost count yeah. like how the far steps. they are the distance. Yeah, <laughs> as well as I was like, ah, volume. It looks great, but you know, yeah, that's yeah. the limitation, and that's you know that yeah. that will time stamp it forever. Be like, oh yeah, that's when the volume was. But a six slow sword, feels sword fight, exactly. Like Dave Filoni, as seen in that ahsoka chapter oh, yeah season two so like it, yeah. that all day let's go like it looks incredible for that stuff yeah 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 good stuff um so we have this whole heist and it's great um do you think so that they're they're feted when they return um to the duchess um and jack black and um they so grogu gets knighted for helping her play like win at, at space croquet yeah um but like do you think that that's was gonna, fitting do you think that's gonna play sometime later than the knighthood i, I mean he's a jedi I, knight kind yeah. of i think that was kind of the joke they were going for but i don't know if that's ever gonna come up again but who knows with this show yeah i think the lizzo grogu connection is one of the all-time greatest connections of all time <laughs> and we'll and we'll just create this enduring sort of like uh, swag that you yeah. always have from here on is that, he that picked up from Lizzo, Lizzo and <laughs> she knighted him and like yeah that's his backstory now I mean, that's the know? thing is like you just never know like I, for, I'm i totally blanking on names but it's 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 Amy Sedaris's character Pelimoda Pelimoda if you had asked me, are we ever going to see this character again after the first time we saw I'm like, no, nah, it's a great one-off kind of thing. But no, she's in it <laughs> oh, so true. much. And it's and it's great, but it's clearly because of the connection with Grogu. So yeah, I'm starting to be like, yeah, we might pop into this ever so often, or she might pop up on a vid screen ever so often to talk to yeah. baby Grogu. That's I mean, fun. now they've like, they have a, you know, a, a debt to them. I mean, if they actually, so this is the other thing, right? So in the last episode, the other, the big, I don't know, goal or the big gift that was given um, for completing their quest was a giant, was a home in the sun, like a yeah. giant tract of land where you're not getting attacked by mm -hmm. giant monsters all the time um, and commerce and all, all the things. Um, Sweltering in, hot. Yeah. Lava. Yeah. No big yeah. deal. Can't go swimming, but there's a lot of water. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. It's not a great place. I think everyone sort of agrees <laughs> like kids always getting dragged off by dragons, you know, that sort yeah. of stuff. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, I, th that, I think Navarro is a nice home for them. And then now they've got Senate lobbyists on their, like, on, yeah. on their team, which is sort of just, you know, which said they'd campaign to give Mandalore back to Mandalorians, which seems like a pretty easy sell. It's just like, oh, you want this destroyed planet that was yours in the first place? Like, I, you know, whatever. Yeah, At least they've got a voice. has a claim on it? Right. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I, I could see that happening. So, so these, these are huge pieces in the quest to reclaim uh, Mandalore um, that are being laid out here. And another big dub for, um, for Bo. Yeah, they it's kind of clunky when they like explicitly like 
speak in exposition about that. They're like, oh, we can retake Mandalore with these ships. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, well, you know, we so, could have just, just walked yeah. around that a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. But, <laughs> hey, you know, it is I, what it is. I was like, I guess we're retaking Mandalore with these ships at some point. Yeah. All right. Just, all right. That's happening in the show at some point. I'm now worried about the armor. Uh, and her heel turn, possibly, because here's what I just thought about what happened in these, these last two episodes. So Din Djarin gives this rousing speech to say, like, hey, we have a tract of land. We can live here. Right. Great. Everyone follows them. The armor says nothing. But Paz Vizla stands up for Din Djarin. They accomplish the task. They get this, this, tra- this tract of land. And then immediately following that. The next thing, the next scene we see is is the is the armor saying, "You know what, Bo? I do suddenly believe you. I'm I'm going to go and task you, and we need to take back Mandalore." That's a weird because I was watching it going, "Why are we suddenly taking back Mandalore if we have a track of land?" And it's because she doesn't want Din Djarin being the leader. Like, the... <laughs> wait, you got to connect those dots for me a little better. Why why yeah. does that mean that she doesn't want? Oh, because Din Djarin suggested timing. this home. Yeah, this is Dijarin's home. And now he's the one who's given the home to all these Mandalorians. Right. Right. And then suddenly she's like, oh, no, we're going to go get a better old home back now right. for whatever reason. You think it's it, for power reasons, not like yeah. her, not the creed, right? Not because no. like that's her ultimate goal. It's like, let's not get sidetracked with this little pithy piece of land when the real goal is we need to take our home back. No, because I think she would have said that if that was the goal. Okay. Does that make sense? Because that is easily saying, like, this is great, but we should go get back our old home. Like, that is where we belong. But she just circumvented everything and suddenly brought Bo-Katan over to, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, the thing about the armor is at this point in the storytelling, it would be very boring if she didn't have a hidden agenda. Like, yeah. it would just be a cut and dry, she makes armor. Yeah. And leads them and, and is the proves voice of wisdom. The yeah. Unless she, I mean, she either has to do that or she has to sacrifice herself in an Obi-Wan move in, <laughs> at some point soon. Like, that's kind of She doesn't, it. like, walk, you know, across a star field, down a bridge walkway, and, like, speak to Thrawn in some, like, alarming, surprising moment where you're just like, oh, my God, she's in line with this guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. She's she's working with All right. Thrawn. Are, are, you, are you guys done? Because I disagree with both of you. <laughs> All right, yeah, that was speculation. <laughs> done Can on. we get to the droid I mean, bar? Are we there yet? Uh, we kind of skipped over the droid bar. We'll go back, but I just no, have to but, say, but, yeah, give Ben we, his get, give yeah, Ben his uh, equal time. Give me three three sentences yeah. here. Um, right. you, Adam, I adore the fact that you want to make evil armor a thing, but evil armor is not going to be a thing. I th- I think she is a lore machine, and they need her for the story to just spout lore and keep them on on. Uh, on task. And I think, like I said, I've said before, I think she is the wise, like Wushu master on the mountain that like just churn, like almost an Oracle figure turns out this stuff that just keeps the adventures flowing and the missions mm-hmm. going and, you know, and, and just gives a sense of history to the whole show. Otherwise, you know, without her a, like who's going to make their armor and B, they're just like a ragtag group of, you know, guys in armor, you know, of, like a militia. Um, so, yeah, I, I think she she's ad- definitely a Gandalf vibe. I mean, yes. we know we know Filoni loves Tolkien. She's definitely has this Gandalf vibe yeah. uh, that I, I've been sensing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, maybe that's it. She always looks like her shots are always set up on ominously, but um, as opposed to like reverently. Well, she's set up reverently a lot of times, too. But I, I think they just need her. And I, and I love the fact that, yes, that's that's all she is. That's what she does. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she, you know, she hangs to the back and then she but she's one of their best warriors, if not their best warrior. <laughs> It just does feel like a hanging mystery, though. Like yes. throughout this show, as it goes on, there's just a lot of her talking cryptically. And like, 
uh, it seems like she's moving the pieces. Like, who's moving the pieces here? I feel like she is more than anyone else moving the pieces on the board. What if we can thread the needle? So what if she's working for Thrawn because she... No, listen. Here we go. Here we go. Tinfoil hats. Listen to this. Because she wants Mandalore back, but she didn't have an army or any ships. And she had a deal with Thrawn to help rescue Jin Jar or uh, Moff Gideon in order to have him help her take back Mandalore. Now oh. she sees an opportunity to get out of that deal because of all these things. That So now she's actually not bad, but she's realizing she has to get out of this. She can get out of this deal because she actually has an army now that she can use to go get Mandalore back. Yeah, that sounds okay. like plausible. That's plausible. plausible. I mean, because I'm expecting a monster turn at some point, yeah. somehow, right? That could yeah. be it. I mean, that that yeah. that could be that could be the thing. Yeah, because it's boring. Honest, I, fine. She's an armor. She's the heart and soul of Mandalorian culture. That's great. Yeah, she's in the show and sort of pontificating quite a bit to the point where you're just like, there's something else going on. Yeah, there's there's something else. There's something else. There's something else going yeah. on. So wait, are I, you saying Adam Thrawn doesn't want the Imperial ar- arsenal? He wants the Mandalorian arsenal. No, that I think I think he needs her help to break out Moff Gideon, and that and that the deal she makes is fine. I'll do that. You help me take back Mandalore. Uh, okay, okay. And, and that was he's the been known deal to use with the sort of thing. Yeah, he's been known to use people's culture against them. Mm-hmm. Basically, that's his big yeah. tactic. Is like, oh, this is what you believe in, and this is what you you have an undying sort of desire to accomplish. Like, oh, let me help you with that. Yeah, but you have to do X, Y, you know, and yeah. see. Yeah, that's Ron's thing, man. He's going to be a fun character to play with um, when they bring him back in live action. <laughs> and you got to think he's going to be commenting on Mandalorians at some point, I imagine. Yes. I would think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you want to talk Droid Bar before we get into the last I mean, scene here? I mm-hmm. I didn't catch the name of the, the liquid that they're ingesting. The, oh, it's... The little uh, nanodrop that they're ingesting. It is nep- Nepenthe. Nepenthe. That's going to come back in many different yeah. forms. Yeah, I have a great, great name. Great noun. Great name. Yeah. Uh, I love that scene. I love seeing all the droids. I think that droid, the droid bartender is now iconic. Like, yes, that whole moment is incredible. And I feel for that droid. And to talk about droid sentience, like it really felt like that droid was uh, had been through a lot and sort of had this experienced conditioning or to the point where he felt sentient like that droid specifically. Yeah. It was funny. It filled the gaps in like Din sort of his like his blind spot it's like you know you see dinjarin be very culturally relative all the time to everyone except droids and it took bo katan yes. to be like listen like this is yeah. she's like she's like he's, he's like you can't reason with droids she's like they're, they're it's like ones and zeros all they do is reason yeah and they're reasoning like, machines yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> what it is yeah that was a again with bryce dallas howard having something to say that was such a fun yeah. commentary on ai given like bo is like oh they they crunch numbers but like you know you should still be humane to them and then he is just being threatening like super threatening yeah like, universe didn't act like this basically yeah. it was basically villainous kicking droids and yeah it was a very like boba fett like the way boba fett would shake someone down like it, I, I liked that i liked that he was mean-spirited there even though it was tough to watch yeah he was yeah. He, it was right for that battle droid to clock him in the head like in the dome like <laughs> he deserved that mm-hmm. <laughs> um but uh yeah, and the the other like social commentary that I've heard on like podcasts and things, but I'm not I haven't seen it much in you know popular video is that like technology should be used to make our lives easier, 
not yeah. not not take our jobs but make our lives better you know and it, it takes a full political system to do that but um yeah I, I i liked that that was this was rife with that they're like this is a democratic utopia we can think about democracy and like un, you know understand politics if we're yeah. not being swayed lab, uh wage slaves all the time right. it's also commentary on the over-reliance on ai yeah too. absolutely that yeah of like just, what the, yeah, yeah it, it was that it was that discussion of like how much risk are you willing to put up with for luxury right which is which is quite i mean a bit. It, it, quite a yeah bit. quite a bit and that's but no and i and i i was also sitting there going maybe like it's like like the number of incidences and like the number of people that live there mathematically you know mm-hmm. but it, but it's, i mean it's to say it's just it's just a social not to get all sociological but it's just the social contract right like it's 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 a different version of it but you know the social contract is we give up certain amount of our freedoms for the luxury of living in a society that takes care of us in a lot yeah. of ways right and this is another version of that, right? And that the the difference is that this is a direct democracy. So every person's voice counts equally. Uh, and they've all, as a society, decided on this, right? Which yeah. is interesting. It's, it's very right. interesting. The droid yeah. should get a vote, vote too. Yeah. And then the moment in the droid bar where he very eloquently just basically says, like, you all live so short <laughs> and yeah. we just we just want to help. Yeah. Which is a really beautiful moment. Mm-hmm. I actually got choked up a little bit yeah. during that moment and hearing all the droids kind of agree and chittering and cheering it was it was yeah. kind of beautiful he's like you created us we kind of owe you and it was yeah. like and you, you just have these short little lives and you know we do what we can it, it was great that that's something i think we all want you know we want to see the droid gotra which is like the the droid gang but like yeah civilizations yeah. of droids um yeah and and them trying to figure out what is their role in the yeah. in the galaxy <laughs> We yeah. and this is an interesting society that we haven't seen a lot or explored a lot in star wars with the droid bar which again you know, suggest that droids have downtime. Yeah. And a yeah. social life, which is yeah. fascinating. Like it becomes more of like, oh man, this is really a utopia in a lot of ways. Like the droids are happy and 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 don't feel overused or overworked and 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 that everyone gets everything. Yeah. yeah. They go to the uh the unless oil bar. Yeah. Unless drugs. you're the one separatist. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, I was listening to uh a smartless podcast with Jack Black uh, months nice. ago at this point. Um, but they, they asked him like, Oh, what, uh, what, what, what genre have you not worked in much that you wanted? And he said, sci-fi. And I was like, <laughs> nice. Oh yeah, dude, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. You should be in a star war. And then he probably had already shot the scene, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Those two would be the people who were democratically elected yes. in a society that <laughs> yes. yeah, was like, I know. Yeah, they, if they were a tick, a vibe. Oh, yeah. oh, there's gonna be like, yeah, there's gonna be like Lizzo Black um twenty twenty four stickers that are, are out there yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Um uh, speaking so, of I, I also just I'm waiting on the black series figures of both those characters. Well yeah. I will absolutely be be buying both of them. Oh yeah, they'll have to, to release those, I yeah. I imagine. Um yeah, so cool. Um, yeah, but then we finally find that that what are the data chip or that uh, was Spark card or something? Yeah, the Spark, Spark card. Spark card. You find out it's it's got those nanites in it or whatever the nano droids, and it's all been bought. It was all they they follow the money, and it turns out it's Commissioner Hellgate who bought all that. Yeah, those nano droids, and, and, and was basically causing these malfunctions. And I love they did another little separatist tie-in where the nano droids were manufactured by the Techno Union Army. Right. Yeah. I got that so was cool. I was so excited for a second. I thought we would see. A oh Techno yeah, Union. me too. <laughs> I got excited for you. <laughs> a, I know it's my favorite, but one of these days. Um, no, I, it's true. And it, and it really does just turn into a police procedural for like 15 minutes in the middle of the show. Like they go to, it's amazing. They go to a, they go to a morgue. They have like their yes. morgue tech. <laughs> the like, morgue with the, the, the thing that, morgue. Like, 
<laughs> I like I know she must have watched Bryce Dallas Howard must have watched like either either watches or to study watch because there's a moment at the very end where like they, the tech goes back and is like reading the computer screen to them and it's just that back and forth you could lift it out of any episode of CSI <laughs> yes. or Law and Order or any of these yeah. things and the moment that I just laughed enhance, so hard enhance, enhance exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she so the, the lab tech gives her the information Bo-Katan pats her on the shoulder as she leaves I don't know if you caught that yes. but it's such a moment of any TV Jimmy Smith is like pat her on the shoulder pat, yeah. yeah pat her on the shoulder and leave like it's just it's it's like I just laugh so hard I'm like it's so just funny. amazing yeah oh man that would be funny if Jimmy Smith's consulted on that episode that would be pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> let me show you how it's done it's quite good um yeah that's great I'm glad you guys love that and um, picked up on that and uh, shared it with me because it was like okay i'm like I've, I've done this before but even like the tape and they do the thing but i, I love that what a fun day yeah. yeah yeah um shall we go yeah. to uh the confrontation with axe woves yeah sure <laughs> let's get to that <laughs> so first of all uh pretty impressive um uh arsenal of ships there that uh, yeah you know one yeah. actual yeah. like light um light cruiser uh but like destroyer that that can do some damage two of the gozanti uh ships that i love so much and then you know six or eight of those mandalorian um uh fighters that i think have a pretty boring name actually they don't have any cool names to them but it's like a serial number or something that i don't know right but um that and like dozens of mandalorians i mean let's just call it what it was this was a mandalorian tailgate <laughs> it, 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 i saw the yes. foldy chairs they were playing they were catch. football they're playing catch they're playing catch they're playing football uh, no it was it was 100 percent listening tailgate. to god smack like they were like flags up yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like yeah. it was it got real something. quick though yeah Actually, yeah, someone I saw on um, Reddit already found the mug that um, X-Woves was drinking out of is an actual, like, mug that was given away at some... I, I forget. It was It's, like, actually branded with... I think it's Heineken gave those away at some point. That's but it's, really like, funny. this steel mug. Um, so, yeah, anyways. Um, you're right. Tailgate. Tailgate party. Pretty mm-hmm. pretty lit. Um, yeah, Bo comes out there, challenges Axe. They fight. That fight was pretty sweet. Yeah, it was like, great. Uh, was, rocketing around and the flamethrower and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, they emptied the arsenal for both of them. Um, yeah, classic. I was weird they didn't wear helmets though. I don't. I the more I see Bo-Katan's wig, the less I want to see Bo-Katan's wig. Um, her first <laughs> really, I I think it's fine. I just it's yeah. for me. It's like how cool would it have been if they both like helmet up and look at each other, yeah. and take a beat, and then fight. Like yeah. that would that would have been a nice sort of like yeah. Bo-Katan's Primer. armor just gets sicker and sicker. Like the white face with her like dark gunmetal like armor just looks cooler and cooler with like little highlights. Yeah. Of yeah. It's like really expensive looking armor. And like, yeah, like you said, and we've seen X woes before. He was one of the people that um, saved in Jaren from the, uh, the ship with the monster on it. Those like Quarren pirates that, uh, that, that had tried to steal Grogu back in season two episode three yeah. of season two i think um so right. it's good to see x woes again um and i think he was probably also on the when they stole that gazanti cruiser um so yas i have i have no read on x woes he just seems like i don't know just he's just uh, a guy soldier in the mix yeah but yeah. um he's gonna fit in great like... with the rest of the covert <laughs> sorry yeah he's fine to <laughs> He's gonna fit in great, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just I know. disappear like, into the. Background. I was like, "What charismatic leader has taken over since Bo left?" I was yeah. like, "Oh, okay, yeah, they need someone." 
<laughs> I thought at least it would have been that that uh, wrestler would have been leading them. That would have been. Yeah, fun. I thought the other Mandalorian was had way more screen time and fought Boba Fett and was all awesome. And I don't know. Yeah, had yeah more. They're like, no, this guy. This yeah, guy. Knows I actually thought X Wolves died. I thought X Wolves <laughs> got killed on one of those missions. I know. I was just like, wait, is he still here? Like, he's still yeah. around? Okay, yeah. cool. I don't get a line in the episode in season two. He, yeah, he had a couple, but they were. He did. Know, yeah, yeah, but it was like pretty pretty small. I mean, more lines than all the covert background characters have, except for Judge. Uh, no, again, right. I loved this episode. <laughs> I think the it's judge. like Dave in episode 21. It's like uh, chapter 21, should I say. Um, it, it is just a little clunky when Din comes out and sort of like starts chatting about why the Darksaber belongs to Bo and like yeah. just kind of like forcing that plot development. A lot of the plot developments in this season specifically have felt like uh, engineered like it just feels like a, there's a little engineering happening at the very end sometimes where it's mm-hmm. like hey we have one we have a couple minutes left yeah how about this major shift in someone's motivations yeah. right <laughs> it's like okay all right okay all right they're let's go. they're moving really fast in yeah, this yeah. season there's a lot like things that like you know we didn't expect to see a mythosaur till the end like you know they're yeah. they're really it's fun they're packing this season full of action adventure lore drops um, movement of the plot, like really a lot. I don't know what the hurry yeah. is, but um, but it's fun. But like, yeah, I think, I, I that's think they're the setting the table for Thrawn. That's what I think is happening. Yeah. I think they have to get some characters in certain areas before they can introduce Thrawn. I think they have that just setting sense. the table. Yeah, I agree. I think I think it's a lot of yeah, setting everything, setting yeah. the table up for mm-hmm. other shows and that. But but I, it doesn't. I, I don't know. As much as it's moving fast, it doesn't feel rushed. If that makes sense. No, it like, feel it, 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 I'm enjoying it. I'm like, I'm like, it's it's just with how slow the first season moves yeah. in a wonderful way. Like the first season is really just a kind of couple of standalone, mostly standalone episodes and a couple of movements. And, and then suddenly you're season three, which is we're only 24 episodes. We're only one season. We're only one normal season into the show, if you think about it. Because old school mm-hmm. TV was 24 episodes a season, yeah. which is wild to think yeah. about like this is like 24 it's gonna be 24 episodes at the end of the season and we've gone from like <laughs> him kind of finding baby grogu to like 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 bringing back all of mandalore yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah that's true that's kind of a lot and I, I i kind of feel like this show doesn't start until mandalore is re- reformed you know like that's when the real start of this show is going to be um yeah that's tough you know, news for you ben i have a feeling that's when the show ends but yeah yeah. <laughs> well, at, the, at this rate, they're going to do it this this season. Yeah. But yeah, I guess you could be right. Everyone's getting older and stuff. But, you know, I, Grant, you were the one that said, like, you know, he can't be Mandalore because he has to keep, um, you know, he, you want the lone wolf and cub thing, just like the wandering samurai story that you could literally tell forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. To me, that's that's I romanticize about that idea, basically, because yeah. I think you could. I think there's endless fun stories you could do there. And it makes Grogu and it, it takes all the judgment and criticism off them because then they get to have an endless story. Yeah. And it's, I think people are like, Oh, I want to see it wrapped up. I want to see where they go. I want to see what Grogu is like when he's older. I'm like, I, I think, it's I think you don't journey. want those answers. Yeah. No, I don't think you just want keep them. telling the stories as yeah. long as you can. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, there could be, I mean, they could lose to Gideon and or Thrawn um, on Mandalore and then have to regroup and figure out a new tactic in that season four, you know, um, or they, I mean, I, I think it's just as likely that they, they reclaim Mandalore at the end of the season and then, you know, and then we get something new next season. But um, I don't know, based on the speed, that's what I'm, I'm thinking now. I've, I've reset the goalposts. Um, 
just based on how fast we're going. But um, we yeah. will. Yeah, we will. Like, see. And again, it doesn't feel rushed. It just feels like you can see the pieces, and and I don't know if they are, are intentionally kind of so kind of like trying to really show off that this is what the plot where the plot is going, or because you could do it in far more subtle way i think like yeah. there's, there's there's definitely an approach where you don't just have people you know give exposition about the the direction of the, the bandos and their motivation i think there's a another approach to it but they're really just giving us that so we're putting Bo at the leader leadership spot and and what that means for when you know ahsoka starts and yeah. on enters the picture mm-hmm. yeah that's true that's true and like sabine what it, you know yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of fun pieces there could all that yeah. have all interacted in the past um one last thing i want to give a shout out to all the uh sweaty reddit hardcores on the star wars subreddit who were like well actually if the robot drops the, the sword and then technically he lost and then bokatan <laughs> picks it up and like there i mean that was all i heard for like and read about yeah. for like the past four <laughs> or five weeks and i'll be darned they're right yeah it My was, a, blade, was yeah. an elegant solution to a problem that we have been dealing with for quite a while. Like, do they like is like do that to fight and does like it has to be a fair fight? Is it fight elegant, and... Adam? Is it elegant? Well, yeah, this is the clunky bit where I'm like, yeah, she def- she slayed my captor and my captor took the sword and she took the sword. Does it not belong to her? And I was like, yeah, it yeah. makes sense that you're saying this. Yeah, but it's like I don't know. It just felt I like, find that... just let her arrive with it. <laughs> Yeah. But here's the thing. I find that a better solution because you're, you have a couple other options. One, you have you have them fight, and and then, uh, and then he loses on purpose. And what's going to happen is what happened to me when I was 17 and I was playing Twisted Metal with a friend, who I literally played for eight hours straight because I kept beating him. And every time I let him win, he knew I'd let him win, and he wouldn't. Stop yeah. it until he won, and I didn't sleep all night because he wouldn't <laughs> right. leave me alone. And I don't want to see that in a TV show. Yeah, sorry, I'm having flashbacks. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think right. she would have beat Din honestly if they fought. But that's the other option, right? Or she beats fair and square, and then that's kind of a weird situation too. Like this seems to me more like he doesn't want it, she wants it. He just did the loophole route, which yeah. is enough to get everyone on the on the same page. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing I was just thinking of, it's one thing to get Axe Wove's opinion on whether she deserves the Darksaber. It's another thing to go look at the armor and be like, does she deserve yeah. the, you know, yeah. the thing? And it's like she, <laughs> a lot of people withholding information um, this season. But, uh, you know, yeah. she's like, you know, you could have mentioned that earlier. She going to banish him again and make him go back. Or... Right. What's what's <laughs> what's the, the covert going to think of that? You know what I mean? Like he's going to oh, be like, oh, by the way, fought. right. Yeah. Because that's a big thing. Like they know, like they're pretty much blame her already for claiming the, the dark saber when it, she didn't deserve it the first time. So yeah. they'll be like, like just like somewhere else are going to be like, we just decided this. You know, we just did this. Right. Math and it makes sense to us. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how the armor feels about that. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I hope she doesn't snap and turn evil. Hmm. <laughs> All right, let's give the armor a break. All right. Okay. Um, yay. Good podcast, guys. This is a couple of great episodes where we have two more, two more to go on the Mandalorian. Um, so that's going to be yeah. fun um, today. So we are going to sign off and stop recording and then fire her right back up in just a couple of minutes and talk about Bad Batch um, because we got to do the double finale of bad rat bad batch um we're a week late on that so hopefully you've all got a chance to see it and digest um and yeah we'll play some sad music and uh get into doing that (laughs) 
Um, All right. Well, everyone, thank you very much for another great week. Um, We'll talk to you in mere moments. May the force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the force will be with you always. (laughs) Oh! <laughs>